0: everyone welcome back to another episode of cj and the duke as always i am your co-host robert the duke Fedoric
1: and i am Corey cj wesley
0: this episode is sponsored by ipc integrity pro consulting cory do you know they never tell you about project management what's that duke is that it is not the same thing as organizational change management Getting a ServiceNow project across the finish line is often seen as just an exercise in good project management. But, you know, kind of the best you can hope for is that project management contains organizational change management. Let me tell you what I mean. Like, imagine you do all the tasks in a project, but does that mean that everybody was adequately trained? Does it mean that they had all of the right inputs at the right time? Does it mean they actually accept the thing that you built for them? That's part of the organizational change management discipline. And that's what IPC brings to its projects. All of its resources are certified or certifying in organizational change management frameworks. And I just feel like it's a really unique and special service offering in this space.
1: Absolutely. It sounds great, man. I feel like I could have benefited from that on a few of my projects.
0: All right. If you want to check out Integrity Pro Consulting, just go ahead and uh, look in the description. There'll be links there. But this episode is about flow. This is like ServiceNow's motto now is we make work flow. And um, yeah, flow. (laughs) It's something we all know, but I think common sense being uncommon as it is, we thought we'd take this episode and deconstruct flow. Why is it necessary? How do you start and craft one? And just how do you be the best you in the realm of flow and if you haven't already, go back and look at our Catalyst episode because uh, a lot of what we talk about here depends on the stuff you would have learned in the Catalyst episode.
1: Yeah, I mean Catalyst drive flow. I mean, essentially,
0: yeah, that's so, how it starts.
1: Yeah, so if you, and, you know, take a look at, at Catalyst and then uh, you know dive into flow, you'll almost be there. Don't give away point two's
0: punchline, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: take that back. <laughs> Let's see that again in super slow-mo. This
0: <laughs> is the start of the... Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. The first thing we want to talk about is the mindset before you start talking about flow. And my mindset in any conversation that involves workflow or doing anything on service now is that process is not natural. I'm sure we've done this on the show before, haven't we?
1: I think we have, um, but it bears repeating, right? Like, because process is unnatural.
0: Present politics aside, I want you to just imagine in your mind what goes on at at a protest. So you have a bunch of people who are super ideologically aligned. They all want the same thing generally, right? And they're passionate enough to show up on a work day or a day off and get together with a bunch of people they don't know to talk about that, to protest about it. Yeah, Right. So demonstrate, yeah. You would think that this is the optimal condition to get stuff done in. Thousands of people who look, act, and think like you and and want the same thing. We should be able to do anything, but what can you get them to do? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you're lucky, you can get them to walk in the same direction at the same speed.
1: That is probably the maximum thing that you can get them to do, to tell the truth, right? Yeah. Like, Like, getting everyone to walk in the same direction at the same speed is probably you know, asking about as much as you can ask.
0: That's right. And it's it's because that's people in their natural state. It's a come as you are party. Let's get something done. What are we going to do? We're going to maybe shout the same thing and maybe the same direction. But yeah. it's just, it's not bad. That's just how humans are. Now compare it to a marching band and you could have Jews, Muslims, and Christians standing right beside each other. You can have liberals and conservatives standing right beside each other. And they're all playing the same song on different instruments into each other's ear whilst marching at the exact same speed. This is true. And they can take a 90-degree turn whenever you want. Yeah. And yeah. It, does, it doesn't mess up the song. And all the crowd sees is a giant line of people walking in time playing the same song despite different instruments blaring in their ear. And besides standing beside your ideological opposite. You would think that that is not the best place in the world to get stuff done, but it is because one team has used process to get to the results that they want.
1: Yeah, I mean, ultimately you you can't just show up and expect work to get done, is what we're driving at here, right? Process is unnatural to folks and you have to drill it into them, right? Like it has to be intentional. And Mm -hmm. if you just show up and expect that everyone's gonna be on the same page and everything's gonna go in the manner in which you expect, then you're gonna be sadly mistaken, right? Because your expectations will often not be the same as the person standing next to you, right? Like the only way to get there is to make sure everyone's on the same page.
0: Yep. They're utilizing flows, multiple flows of various types to make sure that they get some kind of uniformity of result. Absolutely. And that's yeah. what we're aiming for is uniformity. You think about the army. If you just join the army, like you could be a grown man or a grown woman and they're going to be like, okay, step one, we're going to teach you how to brush your teeth and comb your hair. Be like, I've been doing that for 10 years. Not our way you haven't.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And you it doesn't. Done it the
1: army way. Exactly. <laughs> it,
0: to some extent, it doesn't matter how you've done it. The only thing that matters is uniformity at scale. Yes. And it's, it's just a matter of once uniformity is a desired result, it's flow, 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 flow. But you use flow because the process is unnatural. And so right. with that mindset, you go in thinking, why am I spending the time making the flow? You don't want to go through flow unnecessarily. You're not in a marching band. Why do you want to be going through a flow that gets your timing right with other people you're marching with?
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to have an outcome that's worth the preparation time. At the end of the day, that's why you want the flow, right? It's because you have that outcome that's worth driving to. And if you don't have that outcome cemented in the minds of everyone who's going to participate, and if they don't all value that outcome at the very beginning of the process then you're not going to end up with a flow that's going to work well because you're not going to have that buy-in. So even though you have the same uh, music sheets and even though you have all the instruments and Mm -hmm. even though you have everyone standing shoulder to shoulder and even though you've gone through practice a few different times, like that end result is still going to be a little wonky because not everyone is buying into what you're selling essentially, right? You got to make sure that not only is that um, end result something that is – That you want to achieve but you got to make sure that everyone else wants to achieve it as well otherwise they're not going to put in that work that um to get you there
0: and if you think this is like common sense i just want you to sit back and look at the at the implementation services landscape we have a lot of oh man you know what i mean like this is difficult right and because it's difficult few will get it done right successfully and i think one of the key factors here is like the like why am i doing the flow and if you again, if you think this is common sense, I would just ask you to walk around and start asking key stakeholders and implementations, why do you want this done? Especially in ITSM implementations, why are yeah, we doing? Man. Why are we doing incident management? What yes. do you mean? It's what you do. No, 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 no. <laughs> like yes. let's just, let's just imagine this has a million dollar price tag on it. Why are you doing it again? What outcomes do you want? And Dude. so few people are talking about the outcomes. And I know this. Because it's taken so long to
1: get stuff like performance analytics adopted. Man, let me tell you, right? Like, I mean, we're, it's it's practically like we're sharing a brain here because I was just sitting here thinking of the example of incident management and, you know, asking folks, like, why do we do, why do we have incident management? Why do we have incidents when someone calls into a service desk? Why do we even have the service desk, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of these different um, things that uh, face value that you never question, right? But if you don't question them, you never get to the point where you make that process, where you cement that process and you dive into the flow, right? And you get to that desired outcome because you start, you're just doing things, you're painting by the numbers essentially, mm-hmm. right? And we are, we all know that no good artist paints by the numbers, so. T.L.D.R. on this
0: one, because process is unnatural, you will need to set up a flow, but you're only doing that so that you can reach a desired outcome. So, kind of start at the end, figure out the outcomes that you're going to pay the piper for in the flow.
1: Right. All right. Get get everybody on the same page. What's (laughs) item number two? Item number two is the catalyst, right? And so you can't talk about flow without talking about catalysts again. And so I know we've already spoken about catalysts in a previous episode, right? Done a whole episode on that, but it still bears mentioning right? That you can't have a flow unless you have a catalyst, right? The catalyst is simply that need, that need that, that the business has, right? And that, that need is what's going to actually start as the, as the beginning point of the flow. And so without a catalyst, you don't have a purpose and without a purpose, you don't have a flow.
0: Yeah. We did a whole show on this. And if you go down to the description, just there'll be a link to it. It really important show, I think, and, and way more popular than we thought it was going to be, but this is a really good area to think outside the box. When we do ITSM implementations, it's like, oh, the catalyst is somebody calls a help desk. But we live in a world where the catalysts are a lot richer. They could come in from our event management systems. They can come in via integrations. Now, with all this talk about natural language understanding, we could have systems recording stuff for us, picking out keywords and deciding to do tasks. Yeah. Oh, AI. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Give me that AI money. Okay.
1: (laughs) No, man. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Right. I mean, catalysts come in, in so many different forms and AI now is, is one of those. And we'll see a, a whole lot more of that as we kind of go forward through the years. You know, gone out of days right when everything was just, you know, simply handwritten on a piece of paper. Right. And, and your support guys were entering that into a ticketing system. We're, we're at a whole new level now. Your catalyst could be, you know, a, an automation right? It could be something that's not even sentient. Think about that, right? right? Like think about how crazy that is, right? Like that your printer is now the catalyst for work because it's out of paper.
0: Like in the industrial age, catalysts were like the thing. As soon as this machine detects that the object has been put on top of it, that machine does what it's supposed to do to that object and passes it on to the next object, which all of a sudden says, oh, something's in line here. I got to do my thing. So it's imperative and I guess this is how you level up your flow too, right? Like right. usually we think in terms of the flow starts when somebody tells us it starts. Why does somebody have to tell you? right? Like, and and just trust us, go back and watch the past episode. But to just think about stuff like HR, you want the new hire to tell you that they don't have the stuff that they need. Yeah. You can make a flow about that, but wouldn't it be better if you just watched the HR system for a new ID to come up and then you just deployed stuff without anybody asking you anything any, ever? Given the
1: systems that I've worked with, I tell you that, no, the best way to do this is to have the new hire tell you that they don't have a computer. (laughs) So the point is,
0: it's not the episode about flow. It's not just about flow. (laughs) It's about when and how the flow starts. You should always be thinking about, is this where they use the term shift left?
1: Yeah, we can use shift left.
0: For some reason, I think that term stuck in my head, but it's this idea that what can we know and when before somebody reports something to us? Can we detect it before they can? Is there any events where we could start flow prior to a human being telling us that it needs doing that's like a that's the slowest and b it's also the most frustrating like if i'm coming in as a tax auditor i don't want to do anything nothing about the it system oh 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 let's go back to the uh, ux is a killer episode if i'm a p- patient at a hospital the last thing i want to be doing is id management with how to log into your portal bloody hell fuck you like that should be done for me right right Right. i don't want to be messing with the it systems
1: of the hospital i'm getting surgery at yeah i mean yeah like (laughs) like like just mind is blown on that one right but like you know when i show up i mean come on man like if i turn up at the hospital right i got a surgery planned or i'm sick or whatever like the last thing i want to do is fill out 30 minutes worth of paperwork like come on Mm. can we do this a little better damn (laughs) damn (sighs)
0: <sighs> go back and watch the ux's life and death episode where i regale you with tales of my shoulder that was degenerating and needing surgery and all the different ways the hospital failed me and it was all systems level stuff that could have been dealt with with catalysts and flow
1: yeah i guess there was no alignment of incentives right well, because robert's not the customer ultimately right like your insurance <laughs> company is
0: <laughs>
1: oh boy whole other episode there absolutely
0: so the next thing we want to talk about in flow is the purposes and maturity levels of flow because you don't have to always have the luxury of ending with a perfect flow. Sometimes it's just get this thing up any which way something's better than nothing and there is a case to be made of just refining stuff over time it's like the whole reason the agile framework exists right continuous
1: service improvement
0: exactly so let's talk a little bit about the the three kind of maturity levels of a flow so the first maturity level would be visibility it's better to have a single request with a single task on it for a new hire than it is to have an email about a new hire
1: Man, let me, so let me dive in here a little bit, right? Because I think this one's really, really freaking important, right? Visibility into the flow is the single base level of what you need. I don't care if the ITSM system breaks down and stops generating the emails and moving the task to the next person, right? If I can go in and look at that flow, I know what's supposed to come next. So Mm -hmm. I can manually walk through these steps and get to that desired outcome, even if the system is not driving me there itself. Like yep. having that visibility, that map of the flow is really the base level, right? Like that's how that's where you need to start. That's what you need. Like any amount of getting any work done, mm-hmm. right? Like has to start with visibility, right? It has to ha- start within the end. Where does this start? where does it end now we can repeat this even if we can't repeat it automate in an automated fashion
0: man i'm, I'm going even more primitive than you are on this one right. i'm just thinking like a task is better than not a task true right so yeah. like i've had customers where they're like oh well we do this a ton what can we, what can service now do for it like well let's map out a flow oh we're not really sure how it works all the time which is legit right this is just yeah. life okay so wouldn't it be better just to have a task and at least Five of us can converge on that task and figure it all out. And then you mature up to a fully fleshed out, like robust workflow. And actually, I'm going to do a shout out right now to Tiger Consulting. Have you ever heard of their Checklist Pro app? I have not. It's like checklists in ServiceNow, but on steroids. It's really, really, it's just like a better way to create checklists and I love this thing because it allows you to propose workflows before you're actually in a committed workflow state. So you can just like, (laughs) here's a a task where we we know we got a bunch of stuff to do. Let's just put a checklist on there. And it could be a checklist we invoke over and over. But like, did we do all this stuff? And then as you get more refined in that, then you make a, a, a legit workflow where each of those check boxes have a task. But Checklist Pro can be like the bridge between we just have one task that makes this thing visible to, hey, this is our 18 step new hire onboarding thing.
1: Let me tell you what I heard. I just heard the Checklist Pro is a workflow dating app, right? Where I get the tip- ah, <laughs> <that's so good>. <laughs> <laughs> Ty
0: Roach, we're totally gonna charge you for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <the> workflow
1: <laughs> I'm gonna swipe right all day long, man. Ooh. I'm gonna take a bunch of workflows out right for dinner, some, for some some wine, right? We're gonna see which one matches up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, that's the best moment I've had on CJ and the Duke ever. That was so good. <laughs> man. We're doing it live. <laughs>
1: man. We're only on one of the three purposes too. <laughs> and, and there's not even any bourbon on this episode. <laughs> oh, man, like, yeah. Saturday morning, it's five o'clock somewhere. Okay. Uh, whew,
0: that was, I feel a lot better now. Okay. Uh, the second purpose or maturity level, if you will, of flow is governance, right? So step one is, is it visible? Great. We got the bare minimum to start improving, but the act of improving is is governance. So right we understand what the outcomes are. We're starting to measure those outcomes and building in reporting configuration to maximize those good outcomes and minimize the bad. But this is the where it's most important to know the outcomes. In my first ride with ServiceNow, like we skipped the visibility part, we went right to like a maximal workflow nice but at the start it was just about get the tasks we know about in the second right. step which for us came right after was like measure the time because the only thing we knew is that onboarding took way too long way right. way way too long and so it was like let's start timing all the steps and then figure out which steps take longest and we found all kinds of stuff they're out of order these ones have mandatory wait times these ones were always lacking approval like that whole shebang but that's the governance aspect and this is like getting the people who need to be involved, involved at like a task level. This needs approval. Well, shoot, how come we don't have an approval record in there?
1: Right. And then, well, look, and then there's the other um, aspect of this too, right? Like, cause as you just said, Duke, you said the word people a lot, right? So this is also a people- task, right? This is a people part of this process. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I know from working in IT is that the governance part of this hardly ever happens. And and largely, it it never happens because IT folks think IT is set it and forget it. So yeah, we're IT. We know process. We know this stuff innately, right? Like we don't need to actually come back and do a postmortem on the, on the process of a new hire. Right. We, mm-hmm. I know that they need a computer. I know that they need an account. I know that they need groups and it ultimately it all got done. Right. So we're good. Right. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you're not because it took three weeks. You know, and it shouldn't yeah. take three weeks. Ultimately, you know, when you sit in that governance meeting and there's someone actually driving governance, right? You actually sit in that meeting, right? You might find out that there it took three weeks, but there were two and a half weeks of dead time there that could have been compressed, right? And yep. maybe it should have took three days. Yeah.
0: Another, I think another really common governance aspect to flow that gets frequently missed is, I, I get the feeling we could do a whole show on this, that that whole request, request item SC task, right? And oh. we know, we know for certain SC tasks go to the people that do, right? Yep. And we know, or at least we speculate that the request layer is kind of weird, right? It doesn't store yeah. the variables that I entered. It's created after the rhythms are. It it's meant to contain multiple rhythms, but 99.9% of the time it contains one. Yeah. And so I always tell people, make sure you have a governing body that is the assignment group for the rhythms. Because if this thing's going to five different teams, who's the one person who makes sure that the whole thing is done? Right. Again, this is like my first rodeo with ServiceNow, we did new hire system. We had a new hire team that was getting nothing but rhythms. They didn't have a task in the middle or at the end or the beginning, but they were the ones who somebody would call them, what's the status of my freelancer? It's Tuesday. They have to be here Thursday. Okay, I can see that they're, they're plugged up at the whatever part of the process, but they wouldn't have been able to do that unless they had visibility at the rhythm level. Right. Right. At the Or if we're not even in the, the request item SC task paradigm, that parent record that is the one task to rule them all.
1: Yeah. The umbrella record. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The project of the project tasks,
1: if you will. Yeah. So yeah.
0: I feel like Rhythm is a place where there's a lot of people that struggle with this. There's these
1: flows with no governors. Let's keep going on this one just a little bit, right? Because I got a real world issue here. Most of my implementations, whenever I'm doing catalog work, right? Like that request record, right? That, that arbitrary floppy request record that nobody ever uses, right? I don't use it either, right? Auto-approve auto we're going to do things at the rhythm level. So so this client is actually um, wanting to use the request item, I'm sorry, the request record, um, because they have a potential scenario where they might have requests with a crap load of request items, and they want to be able to pick and choose which of those request items they approve. So they want to be able to do that. And they want to have the request record, right, to either to be that body that either approves them all, doesn't approve them all or pick and choose. All right. I, and so, Help me out on this one, Duke. What What's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I got to be honest, man. I think that's how ServiceNow imagined most transactions would happen. You have the request as the shopping cart and the request right. items as the items in, and you could say yay, yay, nay, right. or yay all, nay all. I think they probably wanted the latter. Yay all to nay all. I don't think there's a real smooth way to do this out of box. I don't. Especially in the whole like approve all, deny all right uh, and so this is the kind of place where i'd be like how important is the flow how much volume does it have maybe make some kind of custom approval interface i feel bad saying it already i just feel like like it's an edge case when you look yeah. at, you know what i mean it's an edge yep. case and so i would treat it more like an edge case and not as a i don't know just because 99 percent of
1: rhythms Will be the single rhythm in the request. That request level approval is just weird. Absolutely, and so that's what I'm I'm thinking as well. And 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 to bring this back around, the governance, right? Like this, it, you know. However, I end up implementing this uh, particular process, right? It is one of those that will need to be subject to governance, right? To to check in on it, to see if it's working as as we all expect it to to be, and to improve it over time. Because I don't think this is one I'm going to get right in the first shot. I also think that this is one where the customer has an expectation that won't match their reality, right? And that's where governance comes in, in order to be able to come back and, uh, and really kind of maximize our good outcomes, you know, minimize our bad outcomes. And you can't do that unless you're checking in on that process occasionally. So the
0: last thing I want to talk about in governance is that you should be measuring, like if if a, if a flow is important, you should be measuring at least its time right? And the time of its components, because you're going to get to a point where it's like, what do we do next? Go back and look at the stuff you've already done. See if you can start trimming down, right? Go back to those flows who are just like, oh man, it's just, it's just a single task for now. We'll go back to it later. Well, break it up. See if it it goes faster with three teams working on it or whatever, or take the things that are, you know, long and arduous and see what parts can be automated. And that's the third level of maturity for flow is, you know, automation. Yeah. As you ramp up at first, you have to make the assumption, well, it's only people. And then later, as you understand your capabilities, which of these things can, can robots do for us?
1: Yeah. And so,
0: so that's the last part of the automation of the flow. Maturity model is how much of this flow can I automate? And don't just think about tasks in the middle. Can I automate its creation? Can I automate its closure? Yeah. Right. So your, your whole catalyst discussion comes in here too. But really, that's the holy grail is getting to the point where as much of this runs with no hands as possible.
1: Man, and let me tell you, let's let's talk about this a little bit, right? Like automation and how it gets done and who's responsible for it. If you have developers who can build automation, that's great. If you have developers who can see the opportunity for automation, that's even better. What, what we're talking about here is is being able to spot those bottlenecks, being able to spot those opportunities for value. And and maybe it's unfair to put this on a developer. I think this is really an architect level decision, right? Like th- this is the person who should know the flow backwards and forwards, right? Should, like the back of their hand, they should be able to take in a, in, into account step number two governance, right? They should be able to take in the outcome of that and look at your, at your flow and decide what spots can be improved through automation. Right. They should be able to say, OK, well, we know that X happens every time, you know, this X catalyst. Right. We're going to take it all the way back here. We're mm-hmm. going to take it back. You know, X catalyst actually happens every single time that we need this flow to run. And X catalyst. Right. Comes in via email. So we're going to take that email. We're going to shun it through an inbound email action. We're going to get technical on you folks. We're going to shun it through an inbound email action. Right. Which is going to spawn a workflow. Right, which is then going to do some work. And we got tasks in there. And guess what? We're going to generate those tasks for you and we're going to automatically assign them to where they should go. Right. Then we're going to send that email out to somebody too. And that person's going to get in and do some work. Right. And so now we're talking, now we've gotten to the point where that whole front portion of your flow has just been automated from the catalyst all the way through to like most of the work. This is what we're talking about. This is why you do all of this. This is why we're looking at these things systematically, and this is why you have an architect overseeing all of these processes, so that you can find all of these areas where you can then, at the at the third piece, right, at that automation piece, then start to shrink down all of that, that white space that's in your process and really get some efficiency out of this and get that automated routine and that same expected result over and over and over again. That's why we do this. There we go. You tell them.
0: i feel like i've full charged you this time (laughs) Uh, Corey and i are just having a private
1: laugh because usually it's me who goes on the (laughs) rants i think i think i need we need to do more shows when i have coffee (laughs) yeah
0: That's the problem, man. We've been boozing and we've been doing downers instead of uppers.
1: Yeah, there you go. Now we got to put
0: an 18 plus
1: warning on our show. I know, right? (laughs) Okay. So that's
0: the purposes and maturity levels of flow is visibility, governance, and automation. Blah, blah, blah. So what, how do I go from somebody who's maybe new at ServiceNow or having a review of their ServiceNow life? How do we go to making better flows? Let's kind of summarize this in like five or six points The things I should know before I start the flow. Oh, here we go.
1: (laughs) Man, we need to put some some sound effects in here right now. Something, something, mom, spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a good show. Okay. Mapping
0: out flow. Take it away, Corey. What's, What's step one for mapping out a flow?
1: All right. First, you need to know what's your catalyst and what's the minimal amount of information that you need to start. Right. Yeah. Like The minimal amount. Not not everything that you need to know. We can say that out. one more time. Minimum. Right. <laughs> <That's>
0: right. <laughs> right. Don't care right. about your wouldn't it be nice if BS. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. We don't need all 50 fields on the incident form completed. Yeah. Like like the men of absolutely minimal amount that we need to get started. That's where we need to start. Right. Like, what is that? And that's where we're going to, where we're going to kick off.
0: No form should ever have more questions than a mortgage
1: application ever. Bloody hell. (laughs) If I'm, if I'm signing my life away to get an incident created, right. I'm not creating incidents. You know what I'm doing as a person who ran a service desk. Do you know what I'm doing? I'm calling one of the techs I know. That's right.
0: that's right again uncommon knowledge i still walk into places see workflows where step one is put your name in this field excuse me what <laughs> right like why can't we just know that i'm the one entering it anyways minimum info what can we figure out on our own so we don't have to ask the customer yeah and, and then tie that to your catalysts maybe we don't have to ask the customer nothing maybe we just detect Okay, step two, what are the operations that must be performed and what teams perform them? But like, it it sounds like this should be super common knowledge, but this is really just how you go from that point where it's like, we don't really know how this works in detail to we do know how it works in detail. And I also hold no illusions that this is easy. Again, we'll talk about my first rodeo in service now doing an onboarding process, there was this dude named Ron Vaughn, if you guys want to look him up on LinkedIn, he's like the the, the king of onboarding. But the, the company basically said, Ron, solve this problem for us. And Ron basically like disappeared for a month. But when he emerged a month later, he's like, here's how every office in the entire world, global organization gets their onboarding done. First, it goes here, this team, that team, blah, blah, blah. And he had it all figured out which services were global, which services were local, which local teams did the global services on their own because they were special. Figure out all the operations that
1: need to perform and what teams need to perform. them. That's step two. I agree. You can't put the cart before the horse. Yeah. And so number three is like, what order must, must the operations be done in, right? Like, So you, now you know what you need to do. You need to make sure you're doing them in the correct order. If the new hire gets their computer before they get their account, is the computer useful? Yeah. Right? Like, absolutely not. You can't log in. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. Right. So you want them to make you want to make sure that you're doing the steps in the proper order for them to be useful to the outcome of the process. So I want to get the account first. Right. I want to then I want to get a computer then I want to make sure, you know, that I'm going that they do the automated training web apps, things that everybody hates. Right. And we're going to, you know, and and on and on and on. until they get to the end result of that, which is fully configured user who can now do work. And because this costs you money. You want to make sure it's done as quickly as possible. Let me reinforce that last part, right? This costs you money. We're talking about in the onboarding process, right? But any of these flows cost you money because we're going to assume that if any of these flows need to be engaged, somebody somewhere can't do work. And that means the company is paying them to not do work and that's costing you money.
0: Don't sleep on this. Manufacturing companies for decades have been spending obscene amounts of money making like just-in-time delivery happen. Right. And here in America, right, where we where healthcare companies make absurd amounts of money. I went in for shoulder surgery and they scheduled the surgery for before the first available appointment for scans I had to do to get into the surgery. (laughs) Yeah. Like they literally said, Okay, you're going on a surgery on the nineteenth. When's the first time I can get a cat scan? So you guys know what the F you're doing when you go into the shoulder. Oh, I can't get that until the thirtieth of the next month. (laughs) okay so don't don't sleep on this thinking like ah so easy because companies that make more money than god (laughs) haven't figured this out yet okay point four how do you know that you're done Uh, it should be the easiest i think but it's not always the easiest and I mean, every place I've ever been says, Hey, can we just put an SC task at the end so that somebody can manual check that all the steps are complete? Because a lot of times we just miss the force through the trees. We know the stuff that happens in the middle, but do we know at what point this is good and truly closed? It's like the anti-catalyst. And can we auto detect that? Or do we need somebody to manually check?
1: Yeah. And, and, and also, let's get a sign off before we validate that and stamp that and say that this is our, what we know is done, right? Because the business and IT might disagree on that. The business and whoever else is the uh, stakeholder here might disagree on how do you know it's done, right? So you get, this is one of those important things that you have to have consensus on all the stakeholders in the flow to ensure that you're not claiming something's done before it's actually done. This, number five, how do you know we were successful? <laughs> Do you ever know that you're successful It's the question, right? Like, I mean, there's a lot of assumptions, especially from an IT perspective. I mean, I talk a lot from an IT perspective because I have a lot of experience in IT. But, you know, a lot of the perspective of IT is if it's closed, we did it right. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. I mean, it's
1: it's kind right? of sad but true. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, that's what it is, right? If that record's closed, it's done and we did it right. Now we're going to do some CSAT surveys, right, to see, you know, a spattering out there to see, you know, how we're doing on aggregate. But we're typically not surveying on every closed record right so how do you know when you're successful right like so one of those things i would say is the csat a survey is is one way to gauge like your successfulness in this actual flow right it doesn't
0: necessarily have to be like super high touch in front of the customer too like no again if you understand the outcomes you're looking for and in incident management i would say restoration of service as fast as possible that's the ultimate incident management outcome so if we were super red hot at what we did it would be monitoring system says this is yellow. Holy cow, get it not yellow. It's green now. Okay, we're good. And we right. don't have to survey anybody because it never affected anybody.
1: Yeah, we surveyed the monitoring system. <laughs> but, yeah,
0: but we knew that it was done. And we knew it was successful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so it, so doesn't have
0: to be, ha- it doesn't have to be complex.
1: It just has to be known. <laughs> right. It just right has to be done, right? Like you yeah. got to build those metrics. It, it, like you said, it doesn't have to be complex. It has to be known It has to be done. And, and if you if you're not doing that, then you're you're arguably none of this stuff matters if you don't know if you're if you're successful. That's just the way, way I approach it. Like, I don't care about build, like this is an, ex, an intellectual exercise, right? Like we're not, right. you know, sitting in a in a conference room, right? drawing on a whiteboard for the hell of it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the end of the day, this thing has got to work. If you're not measuring success then, and you don't know if you're successful or not, then all of this was for not.
0: All right, folks, we are at time. I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Hopefully, you found some useful stuff that levels up your flows in your ServiceNow career. Uh, we would love to thank our sponsors, Integrity Pro Consulting, which we love because of their focus on organizational change management, not just project management. And uh, yeah, tune in next time. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. All right, we're out.